how it lights my path, how it guides my way. Romans chapter 6, verse 3 to 11. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, in order that as Christ was raised from the death through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall all be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Therefore, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him, that our body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is freed from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you for Steve. We thank you for his love for your word. We thank you for what you've planted in his heart to release into our lives today, Lord. May it be a blessing to us all and encourage him as he speaks this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, everybody. Some moments in history are significant. For some of us, there are days to remember, and there are days not to remember. In 1005 AD, somebody decided to try and make the first human flight and climbed to the top of a tower, strapped some wings to themselves, and made the magnificent distance of about 200 metres before landing on the ground and breaking both of their legs. In 1937, in a football match between Charlton Athletic and Chelsea, Sam Bartram was the goalkeeper, and succeed, as the fog descended upon the pitch, he stood in the goal, defending the Charlton goal, for 15 minutes, seeing not a single other person before somebody came up to tell him that the match had been abandoned 15 minutes ago <laughs> and he was the only person left on the field. In 2017, in Detroit, the 12th Precinct cops set themselves up as undercover drug dealers and were about to enact a sting upon a group of drug buyers who were coming to them. As they enacted the arrest, they discovered that the drug buyers were actually cops from the 11th precinct who were undercover about to arrest some drug dealers. Some moments in history are things we'd sooner forget. Uh, other moments in our personal history are days that we would like to remember. And being baptised is one of those days. It's a significant day. It's a day like a birthday that we want to remember as a significant moment. And why? Why is it significant? Well, I want to talk about three aspects of baptism this morning. The first thing is to think what baptism means. Baptism, it means a washing. 
effectively. The word baptize means to immerse or to be plunged in something, sent right down into the depths of the water and lifted up again out of it. And it derives from Jewish traditions. Many religions have traditions of washing, ceremonial washing before enacting worship, washing of the hands or washing of the feet or washing of the utensils. And, many, and the Jewish practice was anyone who wasn't a Jew, who became an adherent to the Jewish faith, would be baptized. They would be immersed in water to cleanse them, to wash them as a moment of renewal, as a moment of becoming one of God's people. So for those this morning that are being baptized, they are having a bath. They're having a wash. It's a wash of going into the water right down so that it covers everything, so that everything is washed and cleaned before the Lord. That's one way of looking at baptism. Second way of looking at baptism is that it tells the story of Jesus again. That's the story of last week. It's the story of Easter. It's the story of Jesus the man who is nailed to a cross, the one who is crucified, the one who has nails driven through his hands and through his feet, dying the death of a criminal, dying the most painful death you can imagine, the most humiliating death you can imagine, a death that strung out over hours of agony. But then he came back to life three days later. There's an empty grave, and Jesus is alive again and presented himself to people. And as we go into the water, it's enacting a going down into death and a remembrance of Jesus going into death. And then as we come out of the water again, exploding out of the water again, it's remembering Jesus coming back to life again. But that's really not all of the Jesus story. That's not all of the Jesus story that we're remembering. The story of Jesus dying and rising again, 2,000 years ago, is a story of a cosmic rescue mission. It's a story of, of humanity as oppressed, humanity as captured, humanity as oppressed by forces outside ourselves, the whole of humanity under a hideous regime, under the regime of a dictator, under the regime of someone controlling, making humanity the people that we do not want to be. Powers outside ourselves leading us to death. Powers outside ourselves leading us to suffering. Powers outside ourselves leading us to be the people that, to be honest, we don't really want to be. Just need to look around at what humanity is like. There's pride, there's selfishness, there's all sorts of things that we do to one another that we don't... That's, not what humanity is supposed to be like, is it? And yet there's an oppression upon humanity, an imprisonment upon humanity, that we are trapped and there's nothing we can do about it. That's not what we're supposed to be like. Humanity is supposed to be a glorious thing. It's supposed to be a place of light and of goodness and of blessing the whole of creation, of blessing the whole of the world, blessing one another, giving, loving, generous, but humanity's not like that. We just need to look at the news for a couple of minutes, look inside ourselves for a couple of minutes, and we know that we don't want to be like that. And yet, we often feel powerless to break out from that because we are oppressed and imprisoned. And the story of Jesus is a story of a rescue. 
Sounds like something out of a Marvel story or something of a cosmic level. God himself becomes a human being to deal with the human problem himself. And God himself, Jesus Christ, his God and man, enters into that death. That death that has us imprisoned. That death that has us bound. The death that is the destiny of us all. He enters into that death through sacrifice. Not through arms, not through might, not through violence, not through beating it up, but entering in through sacrificing himself and in love, willingly entering into it and completely disarms death as he defeats it and comes back to life. Jesus coming back to life isn't just coming back to life. It's coming back to life through death so that death has no more power over him. Death cannot ever do anything to him again. It's defeated It's destroyed. It is gone. And as we go into the water, we remember that death. And as we come out of the water, we remember that life. There is life now for humanity. The capacity for us to have that oppression thrown off, delivered from it, set free from it. Isn't that good news? So the third thing about baptism... Baptism is our own story as we participate in Jesus' story. I don't know if you noticed this as you were reading through the passages. Martin read it. The number of times that it talks about us being joined with Jesus. Do you not know that all of us, it says in verse 3, who've been baptized into Jesus Christ? We're baptized into him. There's a joining with Jesus. We're baptized into his death. So as we go under the water, it's a picture of what happens as we turn to Jesus, that as Jesus dies, so we die. Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. So as Sue, and as Eleanor go into the water today, they're picturing what they've decided to do with their lives of dying with Jesus and rising with him to be part of those people for whom death has been thrown off, oppression has been thrown off, and life has been brought in. I used to have a a National Union of Students card, an NUS card, and the great thing about having that is it would get me discounts. It used to get me 40% off at Pizza Express in the weekdays. Nothing that I'd done, just I had this little card in my pocket and I could give it to them and they would give me 40% off a pizza. It's just fantastic. Got great joy to my heart. But it's nothing to do with who I am. It's to do with the fact that I happen to have associated myself with the National Union of Students. And said, I'm a a member of this group. And it's only because I was a member of that group they gave me 40% off. It's in the same way that we associate ourselves with Jesus. It's nothing to do with what I've done. It's nothing to do with what Sue's done or Eleanor's done, that death has been thrown off from them. It's because of what Jesus has done. And because they are saying in the act of baptism, they are saying in the words that they have said, they are saying in what they are saying in their hearts, I stand with Jesus. I stand with Jesus. It's a matter of allegiance. Do we belong to the old humanity? 
Do we belong to the old humanity where death has pressure over us, where we do things that we don't want to do, where we're imprisoned, where we're powerless? Do we belong to that humanity or do we belong to the Jesus new humanity that's been set free? Which one do we want to be associated with? It's a battlefield where the king is raising the battle of the standard and saying, will you rally to me and my cause? And will we go rushing to Jesus' cause? It's voting day and we have a script in front of us. Which box are we going to place the cross in? Who are we associating ourselves with? Where do we stand? Which team do we support? Charlton Athletic or Chelsea when they're playing that match in 1937. Who do we support? Who are we associating with? And in baptism, Sue and Eleanor are saying a big yes to Jesus. His story is their story. His story of going into death is now their story. That as they, they are showing in their actions what they've already decided in their hearts, that with him they will die. And with him they will live. And that means... It changes everything from now on. There's a moment when you go on holiday, when you know that you're really going on holiday. It's that moment when you've gone through passport control and the, and the security line, and you're through then. You're now out of this country. You're no longer in this country, and you're about to go somewhere else. Try and go back through in that direction, and they're not going to let you. <laughs> you've now got to get on that plane. It's very, very difficult to say, oh, I've changed my mind. I want to kind of go back. It's kind of a one-way thing. You're now in the airport, and you're on the way. As we trust in Jesus and associate ourselves with him, it's a one-way path through. And that means that we rise up into life and all of the power and the goodness of Jesus is poured into us, that it breaks that power of death over us. That we may well physically die, but already we are alive inside. Already we have come through death. And our body may temporarily die, but it will be raised again to be with the Lord. But we have already died. There is no more death ahead of us. The death that happens is just the death of the body. He sets us free. Hallelujah. So as we watch the baptisms this morning, let's remember this is a significant day for Sue and for Eleanor. Let's remember our baptism. And if we haven't thought about whether we stand with Jesus or not, let's give a bit of thought to that this morning too. Let your living word abide in me so richly as I abide in you. Let your living